the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to Tim DeMoshio. Thank you for tuning in. It's 402. Forecast cloudy the rest of the afternoon, eventually clearing up tonight. Pretty chilly, low down to 32. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow, high up to 45. Then for Thursday, lots of sunshine, but not lots of warmth. 29 the high for Thursday. Friday, also sunny and chilly, a high of just 33 before we bounce back into the 50s for the weekend. Sixers won last night, 119 114 over Phoenix. Joel Embiid with 33 points to lead the way. Sixers home again uh, tomorrow night against New Orleans. Flyers are on the road at Buffalo tomorrow. Monday night football last night. Highest scoring game in Monday night football history. 54-51. The Rams over the Chiefs. Two of the best teams in football. And they showed why last night. If you're planning to sit on the couch on Thursday for Thanksgiving, there are three games going on. Chicago at Detroit, 12-30. Washington at the Cowboys at 4-30. And Atlanta at the Saints at 8-20 that evening. A uh, big thank you to everybody who helped out with Trans World Radio Silk Road Project the past few weeks. Folks like Shelly in Downingtown and uh, Tyrone in Philadelphia, Darren in Collegeville, among many, who made a contribution, which is going to enable WFIL, who actually has, uh, to reach our goal of $6,600 towards the installation of this big transmitter in Central Asia. It costs a lot more than that, but that was our part that we committed to doing, and uh, so as a result... Parts of 10 countries like China, Pakistan, Mongolia, and Russia with a population map of 60 million people are going to have the opportunity to hear the gospel when this transmitter becomes fully functional, likely in January or February of 2019. So thank you to the WFIL listening family for partnering with WFIL and Transworld Radio for the Silk Road Project, bringing the good news of Jesus to Central Asia and we hope to have an update or two, uh, even though our, our kind of our official partnership is wrapped up here. Financially speaking, the lead engineer on the project, Daryl Van Dyken, and his wife, Carol, are in Cyprus working on this. And so we hope to get a report directly, you know, from the transmitter, if you will. Speaking of Transworld, I'd like to invite our guest in today to our program, Augustus Lopez. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, Tim. Hello, everybody who is listening. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, yeah. Well, so there's a lot of titles we can throw out here. What you, yeah. what you, what you are, who you are, but you're a child of God first and foremost. Yeah, first and foremost, this is uh, this is how I like I like to be uh, addressed. I mean, as just a, a Christian, somebody who met the Lord and who is in, on fire for Him. Yeah, and willing to do His work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and from Brazil, uh, and in for just a short time for a conference, you were in Boston, right? Yes, uh, we just came to Boston to uh, for a conference among some uh, Brazilian communities. Actually, it was the CTK, Christ the King community. Yeah. As a church of Americans and Brazilians, I came to speak to the Brazilian church. 
for three days. It was wonderful, wonderful. A lot of, lot of people, a lot of young people. Uh, after the, the, the lectures, uh, there was a, a period for uh, uh, Q&A, and a lot of questions these young Brazilians living in the United States were asking was very good. I was, I was very pleased and thankful to God for the opportunity. And then came to Philadelphia for a couple of days to see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Augustus is my brother-in-law. His wife, uh, Minka, is my wife's uh, sister. Yes, yeah. my wife, Tina's sister. There's a special story behind, I mean, in a nutshell, <laughs> we, my wife and I met through you and your, and your wife. Yes, so yes. So you have a special place in our hearts just because of our, our marriage, you know, began largely in that relationship. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Yeah. Um, that was a special time. I remember very well. Yeah. So we'll get into that a little bit for fun. Uh, as far as what you do for the Lord professionally, officially, uh, you're the vice president of the Presbyterian Church of Brazil. That's right. So that's a lot of responsibility. It is. Presbyterian Church of Brazil is 150-something years old in Brazil. It's one of the oldest denominations. And we are about a million members right now, and it's growing. So it's a great uh, challenge and uh, privilege as well. So I'm thankful yeah. uh, to the Lord for this uh, opportunity to serve in that position. You're also in charge of uh, theological education for lots of seminaries. In yeah, Brazil. we do have we do have uh, ten seminaries, and every every year, like uh, 500 uh, young people, they 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 go through the tests to see if they can enter the seminaries. Yeah. Um, and uh, still, we need pastors. I mean, uh, there is more to be done. <laughs> we need more pre- more pastors to come yeah. and help us there. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, you are also a pastor, yeah. First Presbyterian Church in Recife. And I pronounce that the Portuguese way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your pronunciation is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a few years to practice a little bit. And so that's another level of responsibility. It's a lot yes. to juggle. Yes, this congregation where I, I help as pastor uh, has 800 members. Is also a very, I mean, has been there for a long time. It's one of the first Presbyterian churches ever planted in Brazil. Uh, wow. And I have this uh, privilege to be part of the pastoral team together with a couple other pastors. Yeah. We share the preaching and counseling and visiting. It's a lot of work. But this is actually what I like doing most, you know, preaching in a local church and just receiving people to talk about them. They they want they have questions, they have doubts. Sometimes a lot of them are in fear hmm. and pain. And so if I can help, I'm very glad for that. This is what I like doing most. Yeah. And that just for folks, so it's spelled R-E-C-I-F-E. Pronoun- looks like recipe with an F, but it's pronounced Hesife. Hesife. And so how and geographically, some people may know, you know, they may have heard of Rio or something. Rio, but where yeah. is Hesife in conjunction to the rest of Brazil? Okay. If you look in the in the map in Brazil, Rio would be on the coast, more to the south. So Recife would be like uh uh a thousand miles, uh more than that, two thousand miles on the north, also okay. on the coast. Okay. It's also on the coast, so but it would be on the north. It's much more warmer. Uh, I'm talking about weather. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> it's it's much warmer than Rio de Janeiro. It can get very hot during the summer. Okay. And but it is a very pleasant uh, place to live in. Yeah. Uh, the beach is marvelous, and uh, we have a good time there too. 
people are uh, very hospitable and open to hear the gospel. So it's been a privilege to to be there to be, to be there. For folks just tuning in, uh, Augustus Lopez is uh, my brother-in-law, and he is in town just for two days. I'm not, I'm not sure the last time we actually saw you. It's been a few years at least. Yeah. You just rattle off all these responsibilities you have, which is a big reason we don't see you. Yeah. <laughs> but we're glad <laughs> you're here for the, the short time you made the effort. You were in the, in the States already in Boston, came down for a couple of days, heading out tomorrow. Glad to have this window. Um, and another local angle, mm-hmm. just so people understand, you – and this will play into the story – uh, of how we actually met yeah. is you have a, a, your doctorate from Westminster Seminary, right? That's right. And uh, that was in the mid-90s. I had this uh, opportunity to to come to Westminster to study. You know, the Brazilian church, Brazilian Presbyterian church, uh, didn't have a, a program where the pastors could uh, uh, study a little bit more and to get more prepared to answer questions and to develop uh, the the training of the young pastors. So the Presbyterian Church of Brazil had this agreement with the uh, Evangelical Presbyterian Church. The main uh, guy at this church here in America at that time was a pastor called Andrew Jumper. And he was, you know, he had this vision for Brazil. And then he opened the door for young Brazilian uh, pastors to come to the States to get a degree and go back to Brazil and train other people. And I was, I guess I was the second one on this program Wow! Uh, in, the, in the 90s. I came to Westminster, stayed for uh, four years under uh, Moses Silva. He's a, very nice, he, he's a very nice scholar, New Testament. And, you know, those years, they were decisive on my, for my ministry and for my life. Um, so besides the degree... Uh, the experience of you know how to do research, write papers, interact with other views, and that has been helpful to me up to this day. So it was uh, right here at Westminster, and uh, I'm I'm glad to I'm glad every time I come back to this region. I remember those days, wonderful days. Yeah, Westminster in Glenside, Pennsylvania, not far from the radio station here. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come back and chat with Augustus. Uh, we have several topics we want to cover, uh, someone I respect very much, and I always love having this program to be able to hopefully be a blessing to our audience from different angles. And so today we cross the ocean a little bit, so to speak, go to another continent, except it's on our soil here, and Augustus is visiting. We're going to talk about the church in Brazil, going to get a global perspective a bit, but also hear your testimony, which cuts through all languages, is because the Lord got a hold of your heart. It's quite a testimony to share. Back in just a moment, Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 415, AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. We're heading down to 32 tonight, by the way. 45 the high tomorrow, 29 the high for Thanksgiving, and 33 for Friday, which reminds me, just a quick note, if you could envision yourself in a tropical getaway for two to Mexico somewhere, you pick the you pick the resort. We have a bunch of them, including airfare. Get to our website because our rewards club, we have a, a contest going right now where you could pick up that tropical getaway for two to a Mexican resort, including airfare. Uh, in the rewards club, there's other stuff, fun stuff you can do. You can give feedback. You can take surveys, get special discounts. But right now, 
First and foremost, there's that contest going. So WFIL.com is where you go. Enter the uh, Rewards Club uh, tab, and you're on your way, hopefully. Yep. (laughs) Speaking of uh, nice, warm places, uh, Augustus Lopez is my guest today in in the Tim DeMoss Show. Augustus is my brother-in-law. He is in from Brazil. He's the vice president of the Presbyterian Church of Brazil in charge of the theological education uh, area with 10 seminaries under his care in, in that regard. And uh, pastor of First Presbyterian in Hasife, and also got his doctorate in hermeneutics and biblical studies right here in our area at Westminster Seminary in Glenside. And you know those are all wonderful things, and we can we can talk about some of that stuff. But on a very uh, everyday level, you know, I think what people listening in can appreciate is the everyday walk and the struggle with mm-hmm. sin, and uh, yeah. you know, listening to God and turning your life over to Him or not, and all that. So. Maybe share a bit about your testimony. Yes, yes, Tim. You know, I, I was raised in a Presbyterian family. Um, uh, my mother and my father would take me to church with my brothers and sisters uh, every Sunday, every Sunday. So I grew up uh, learning the Bible. I went to uh, I went to Bible school. Uh, I had friends from the church. Uh, I would go camping with the youth of the church, so my life would uh, would be around the church and the activities. But you know, when I was uh, about fifteen, sixteen years old, years old, I, you know, I decided to that uh, I I didn't want to be a Christian at all. Hmm. I wanted to taste everything that the world would offer and that everybody was telling me was bad. So I kept going to the church because my parents would take me. But then I started to walk and uh, make friends with people who did not believe in God and who wanted to have nothing to do with the church. Hmm. So I started drinking, gambling, and uh, going to parties and uh, living uh, you know, a very worldly life, a very worldly life. My yeah. family is from a middle-class a family in Brazil, so I had a car, uh, I had uh, money to spend with, yeah. and I had a lot of friends because of that, you know. Sure. They they, they wanted to be my friend because I've, I could pay uh, the parties and everything else. So I did a lot of things uh, I, don't, I don't even like to mention. I'm not proud of them at all, but I, get, I got very far away from God. I, I just didn't want to... I didn't pray to God. I didn't read the Bible anymore. Uh, I didn't want this gospel talk. And many pastors uh, came to me trying to, to, to convince me to return to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to church and to the gospel. And I told them, I'm not interested. I'm very happy. I like the things I do. And I don't like to go, I don't like to go back to church because, you know, I want my freedom. I want to be free to do whatever I want. But, you know, as uh, the time went by uh, when I was about 23 years old, then all of a sudden this, uh, there was this hole in my chest, so to say, yeah. this empty thing. You know, I couldn't get, there is even a, a song, I, I don't know, I think I, it's uh, the Rolling Stones, I can get no satisfaction. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. That's true. It describes very well what I was feeling when I was 22, 23 years old. I had, you know, I was very unhappy, even though I had a car, I had girls, I had parties, I could drink, I could smoke, I could even took some drugs and everything. But uh, I was not happy at all, Tim. 
uh, I would spend sometimes the whole night just thinking about what I'm doing here. Is life uh, worth living? What's the purpose of life? I have everything, but I cannot enjoy them. There is this, you know, big black hole on my chest. I just can't fill it with anything. And so in September of 1977, that night, I decided to put an end to my life. Mm-hmm. I knew it, where my dad had a gun and in the house. So that night, I went to his bedroom to look for the gun. I was decided to put a bullet in my head. But then my mother, unexpectedly, she was in the room. She was uh, there reading her Bible, doing her devotions. And she saw there was something wrong with me. And then she came to me, asked me to sit by her side. And then I started to cry. And she said, why don't you pray? And you know, Tim, for the first time in my life, I really did. I prayed. I called to God. And it was like, if uh, a, a burden of uh, a, a burden of uh, one ton or two tons yeah. I just fell off my my back, I felt free. I I felt that somebody heard me. There was somebody at the other end of the prayer, somebody that cared for me. That night, I confessed my sins to God. I repented of everything I had done, and I turned to Him. You know, the next day, I went to my friends and said, "Look." You know, the things that I learned as a child, as a teenager in church, it's true. There is a God that listens to prayer, and Jesus Christ died to forgive my sins. All my friends laughed, mm-hmm. and they said, they scorned, scoffed, and, and said, well, uh, we bet that one week you'll be back to your old <laughs> ways. This is what they said. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then it's been more than 40 years now, and uh, I did, did not go back to the old ways. Uh, Jesus wow. Christ really saved me from my life. And after a time, I felt that God not only called me to be his uh, child, his son in Jesus Christ, but also for me to be a pastor. At the time, I was finishing my studies at university, electrical engineering. But then I decided that uh, this is not what I want to do. So I went uh, to a theological school, got myself ready for theological uh, studies, and I was ordained as a pastor, and this is what I've been doing ever since. Wow. wow. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. Uh, Augustus Lopez, uh, Augustus Nicodemus Lopez yeah, yeah. Uh, is our guest, and uh, he's my brother-in-law. He happens to be in town for just a couple days traveling through. He's in Boston for a conference and uh, is uh, very busy in Brazil, He's the uh, vice president of the Presbyterian Church in Brazil, as well as in, in charge of theological education connected to 10 seminaries there. Pastors a church in Recife and, uh, and has our local connection here because he got his doctorate in hermeneutics and biblical studies from Westminster over in Glenside. So, uh, But I wanted to hear and have you share your testament. That's a lot right there. <laughs> we could unpack yeah. it further, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to do a short break, and then we'll come back, maybe continue the conversation on that a little bit. And uh, we have a couple of the topics we want to address. Also want to let folks know in general, you're welcome to call the uh, show anytime at 800-560-WFIL. That's 800-560-9345. We have a text line available to 610-500-DOVE, as it turns out, 610-500-3683. If you'd like to send a note that way, you can also email Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, 
at WFIL.com. Back in just a moment, AM 560 WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 427. You're listening to AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's Tim DeMoss on the Tim DeMoss Show. And privilege to have my brother-in-law, Augustus Lopez, joining us today. Uh, just shared your testimony. And, uh, you know, I guess... So to sum it up for those just joining us, you know, you, you grew up in a Christian home mm-hmm. at, and in your teen years started to shift yes. away from that and then pursued, you know, earthly pleasures, whatever they may be, which is, is like a, is a very common storyline, right? Yes, and, yes. And then um, 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 it is it is a very common, sad story. Uh, the numbers that we have now is that many young Christians, uh, they they lose uh, faith. Uh, during the first year of uh, uh, college hmm. or university. This is happening in Brazil, and I know it's happening in the United States too. They, When they get to university, they're not ready to face the questions, the challenges that many professors and teachers will put before them. I'm talking about evolutionism, naturalism, atheism, and other ideologies that are very much uh, against, uh, against and hostile the Christian worldview. So many young people, many, many young people, they, they start to have doubts about their faith, about the existence of God right there by the end of high school, beginning of uh, the first year in college. And uh, this is a sad statistic. I mean, it's a number. It's more than 50%. So this is, this is the number I have. Yeah. Uh, uh, happily, some of them <clears throat> come back later. But not a, not all of them. Yeah, and as you did, right? Because I mean, you, you did realize that wasn't the way to go after pursuing it for a while, uh, and then came back yeah. to the Lord. I guess how old would you have been when you were twenty four? Twenty three. Okay, twenty three. Yeah. So tell us uh, one thought that comes to mind is I know there are parents because I've talked to them who yeah. listen to the show. Your mom and dad trained you in God's ways, took yes. you to church, but there's there's that eight or ten year window. Yes, they're watching, and then you know, speak to that. How were your parents during that time? Well, they're very sad. They're very sad. They prayed for me all the time, uh, but one thing I remember: they did not close the door on me, even though I was a very, uh, I was very naughty, very disobedient, and sometimes I I show no respect for them. Hmm. I even steal things from home to sell and get money, because they yeah. would not give me money because they knew I, I was going to spend it on uh, drinking and other things. So even though I, I was a very, very bad son, they did not close the door on me. Mm-hmm. I knew I could always come back and find uh, I had the, 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 the key of the house. I could always come back, go back to my room, and uh, a place to sleep and a place to eat and everything. So this kind of... Uh, when things went bad in my life, uh, I knew I could go home and talk to my parents and talk to my mother especially. And this is the way, this is what God used to save me and to call me back to his love and to forgive my sins. So I would say to the parents, even though your child may be going astray or being rebellious or, you know, just... Uh, uh, appears to have forgotten the gospel and everything, don't close the door because one day God may call them back 
and they will return to you. Yeah, and there's a lot of wisdom I'm sure that's needed as you go, just to ask the Lord to help you because I'm sure there are times where parents are trying to decide: am I, am I being too easy? Am I being too hard? Yeah, yeah that's 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 uh, actually very difficult, and I think each case is different. Yeah. There are certain cases in which um, I think the parents should take a more, uh, how to say, stern, severe, hard position. And in the other cases, that won't be necessary. But I think uh, the, main, the main point is this. The parents should uh, make it clear they do not agree with the things that uh, the, the boy or girl are doing. On the other hand, this doesn't mean that they don't love them anymore. Yeah. So even though they are doing what they are doing, they are still their children and they love them and the door is open to help them and receive them anytime they need. Yeah. Augustus Lopez is uh, our, our guest uh, today on the Tim DeMoss Show. He's the vice president of the Presbyterian Church of Brazil uh, in charge of theological education connected with 10 seminaries there. He's the pastor of First Presbyterian Church and he's in Hesife. And he went to the seminary, got his doctorate actually in our neck of the woods at Glenside at a Westminster Seminary, which is very well known. You've written a lot of books including one associated with some postdoctorate work at Westminster, that's right? That's true. That's true. Uh, when I was at Westminster, it, it, that was uh, uh, f- the last time I was there, five five years ago, for my postdoctoral studies, I did a research on a very interesting topic that called my attention, especially because of the situation of the church in Brazil, which is the theme of apostles. Are there apostles today, just like Peter, Paul, John, and all the other apostles mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. In Brazil, we had, at the time I was doing this research, we had like uh, 10,000 pastors that would call and regard themselves as apostles. And uh, I was uh, very intrigued by that. I was wondering, and this is uh, the reason, main reason I decided to do my postdoctoral uh, research on this topic. And then the, uh, I published it. It was published as a book. Uh, actually, it's the first book in Portuguese about this uh, uh, issue, about this wow. theme. Yeah, and it's been selling very well. It's gone now for the third or fourth edition, and keeps selling because there, I mean, there are a lot of interest uh, among the evangelicals in Brazil about this because sure. there are so many people calling themselves apostles. Yeah, and what's the? Is it just called apostles, or what's it called? Is there? Uh... Yeah, they not only call themselves apostles. No, uh, the book, I mean. What's oh, the, the book. It's just this, Apostles. Okay. Yeah, it's a very short title, <laughs> but very descriptive. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Well, and, and just on a side note related to that, your time at Westminster, my wife and I met uh, in Willow Grove, and you were in town. Yeah. Going for your doctorate at the time? At the time, it was the doctoral studies. That yeah. would be the early 90s. Yeah. And just uh, this is a topic for another show. Another, I could get into it a lot more because there's so much behind it. But um, I had prayed at the end of uh, – I was at Penn State. And I had um, – not quite your background, but I know that when it came to relationships, very commonly I might be dating a girl and thinking about three other girls. You know, yeah, or yeah. not doing anything, but just I wasn't settled, uh-huh, and uh-huh. maybe not. But I and I remember near the end, or not, or just the thrill of the chase. You know, yeah, some yeah, of that's yeah. a little natural. If somebody liked me, I think I liked them, but I realized near the end, and sometimes a girl didn't like me back. So I don't make it sound like I just every girl liked me. But near <laughs> the end of college, and my first year or two, I was working in radio, 
and I met uh, a girl that, and, and she actually took a spiritual interest. She was willing to go to church with me, and I realized, like, whoa, 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 I too fast, too much. Uh-huh. And I and I hurt her heart, you know. And I remember afterwards saying, "This is not good. This is at minimum, it's not wise. Mm-hmm. If it's not wrong." And in James, where it says, "Every good and perfect gift comes from above," yeah. in James one, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And uh, I remember just saying a prayer, mostly of confession to the Lord, like, Lord, I don't want to hurt anybody else again, and I and I I don't want to be married, and then I, 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 you know who I need and what I have to offer. So bottom line is I was just saying I, – I wasn't even asking for a girlfriend. I was just uh-huh. saying, would you take it control of this aspect of my life? Three weeks later, I get a call from my brother <laughs> – who had gotten to know, know you story, yeah. at church <laughs> and uh, and said, there's a girl here you need to meet because my wife had come to help your wife who yeah. just given birth and was yeah. having some trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yes, my wife uh, had some trouble. Actually, she, she, she had not uh, given birth yet. It was close. What happened was she had some – she had a, a problem, a lot of pain in in, in – uh, uh, in in the belly. Yeah. Uh, she was seven months pregnant, and the doctors didn't know what to do. So they 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 had to uh, uh, open her. Yeah. And to to find what was wrong, and uh, our baby was there seven month uh, old, and uh, then they fixed whatever was wrong, and then. Then she was back home, and we had three little kids. I was doing; I had to study like crazy. We need some help, so we decided to call Minka's youngest sister, Christina, to come and help, and she did. And then, uh, when uh, your brother Steve met her, uh, he said, "Well, I think I have uh, I have to introduce her to Timmy, my brother." So this is all happening in Willow Grove, and you're in Montgomery County, and you're going to seminary. And yep. my wife, not at the time, but my wife Tina comes at the time. I don't know her at all to help your wife yes. Minka. My brother calls me at Penn State. I was there for a long time. I don't think he called me at all. And and the day he called me, he talked for ten minutes straight without me saying anything. <laughs> he's explaining about this girl he met because he knew you. He knew Minka. He's like, yeah. if this girl's anything like your sister and their family, you need to come meet her. And I had just been praying, but I wasn't putting two and two together. Like this is going to be my wife. I was just letting God let things unfold. I see. So it led to me coming home, meeting her, having a few dates before she went back to Brazil. She actually told me, don't call me, she don't did. write, I don't want to talk to you, I got to go home and I got to process this, it's too crazy. So for six weeks, we had no contact. My roommates at Penn State are all making fun of me. And then it turns out the day she wrote me, my roommate hid the letter, and we're watching ESPN late at night, there were four college buddies working in radio. One guy pulls it out, I was like, you looking for something like this? Like, Give me that! She finally had written and said it was okay yes. to pursue things. Very good. Yeah. You know, she was telling me this story just today at at, at lunchtime again. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see the providence of God, the hand of God uh, guiding you and guiding her. At the time, she had come out from uh, some uh, bad relationships she was telling me today. Yeah. And she was praying to God and saying, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to get involved with any anybody uh, for the time now. 
and then you came along and she resisted as much as she could, but then at, in the end, uh, she yeah. she answered your letters. She told me that every time you wrote a letter, you'd put one zero. Then the next one would be two zero, and the other one three zero, because it was the number of letters that you wrote and got no answer yes. from her. She had no idea what that was. So I was keeping score in a secret way and found out later. Eventually, I wound up quitting my job in radio. I went to Brazil, and uh, and then she came back. But even then, it took a while. But it was really all that to say God's provision. I felt like yes. the, to say, look, the Lord says every good and perfect gift comes from above, and coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Yeah. And the whole point of that, God's stability was what struck me. And so I felt like God's partly sense of humor and partly saying, listen, okay, you're going to put yeah. this in my hands? First of all, I will provide. Second of all, it's not going to be a girl from Montgomery County where you live. It's not mm -hmm. going to be a girl from Pennsylvania. It's actually going to be a girl from America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to go out of the country for this. So we're going to go to Brazil. Now, in Brazil... Okay, I've heard of Brazil, sure. We're not going to Rio. We're not going to the biggest cities that you might have heard of. We're going to a tiny city in the southernmost part of Brazil. Yeah. And, you know, in a small village. Like, God knew. Yeah, yeah. So yes. I, just, I share that, and we took a little time here because of how, that's how we actually met. But to encourage people to to put, put every aspect of your life before the Lord, be willing to just do that because he will provide. He has nothing but good for you. Yes. Uh, you know, this is something that uh, young people should consider. Uh, a lot of young uh, people today, they do want to, to marry, to have family, and uh, to raise kids. It's becoming uh, more and more difficult to do so. I mean, for a, a Christian boy to find a girl that really wants to do that, and uh, vice versa, too. And uh, what you see today is that many young Christians, they, they get older, they don't find, you know, they, they skip from one girl to another girl uh, with no serious commitment. And then uh, when they decided to marry, sometimes uh, it, they do this at a very late age. Uh, they first want to have a... a everything ready. They want to have a master degree to have their own house. Uh, they have to feel secure before going to marriage. When I married my wife, I just had a, 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 a small motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing I had. But then parents, family helped. And, and then as we grew, things got better. But today it's becoming more and more difficult. Uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, marriage is something that's out of fashion almost, even among Christians. So mm -hmm. I, I, I guess we should, you know, the old-fashioned way, pray, oh, keep your eye, eyes open, look for the right girl, pray that God would guide you, and he will certainly do. Your story, Tim, for, uh, is, is an example of that. And then you find the right person. Amen. Uh, but uh, just you have to rely on God for that. Amen. You're listening to the uh, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. We'll go to a break here. Uh, Augustus Lopez, my brother-in-law, is in town, in from Brazil just for a couple of days. He's the uh, vice president of the Presbyterian Church of Brazil and a pastor of a church in Recife and some other uh, very busy, important-type jobs that he does as under the Lord, and uh, but most importantly, a child of God. And wanted to share him with you and also uh, gain some insight. I have a couple of questions I want to run by him. And also, we'll talk a little social media here coming up in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening.
It's 4.45. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Cloudy uh, for a while yet, then getting clear later tonight. Low 32. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. High 45 for Thanksgiving. Plenty of sun. High just 29, though. Sunny, high 33 for Friday, then back up into the low 50s for Saturday and Sunday. Sixers with a big win last night. They're home tomorrow night against New Orleans. Uh, The Flyers are at Buffalo tomorrow. Monday Night Football, big game last night. Rams over the Chiefs, 54-51, the highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history. And there are several games, as there typically are on Thanksgiving. Chicago at Detroit, 12-30. Redskins at Dallas, 4-30. And Atlanta at New Orleans at 8-20. So you can stay warm and sit on the couch all day. Personally, we play football in our family gatherings. And I can envision it, though, now it's going to be like pulling teeth a bit to get people off the couch. And outside, because it's supposed to be so cold on on uh, Thursday. So in any case, um, our guest today is Augustus Nicodemus Lopez, and he is my brother-in-law, if you're just tuning in. And um, he is in from Brazil for a couple of days on business. He's the vice president of the Presbyterian Church of Brazil and also pastor in uh, Recife, and he's charged, uh, in charge of uh, theological education con- in conjunction with 10 seminaries. So he has a ton on his plate um, and uh, got his doctorate, actually, here at Westminster Seminary in Glenside. So he has local connections, and I got to meet my wife, Christina, through him as it, the Lord wove that story together. Um, if folks were interested in following you and, and learning more about what you're doing, sermons you've done, what's the best way on, on social media for them to do that? Yeah, social media has been a blessing. You can uh, use it to uh, let people know what you're doing, your work, preaching, uh, contents, things that you write. Uh, so uh, right now, while I'm speaking to you right now, I'm yeah. checking on my Instagram, <laughs> and I, I, I did put, uh, I did post a, a notice that I would be uh, uh, at the show now. Yeah. So I would like to say hello to Timothy Campos from Bahia in Brazil. Wow. He's following from Brazil uh, in the internet. Also, uh, Irene Bacanu. She's following too. Esdras dos Santos also is following. Ramon Alves also is following. And many other people here. Just uh, hi to you. Thank you for following. <laughs> so Joe is my producer. I have, did I introduce you to Joe yet? No, not yet. We'll do that after the show. Joe is the yeah, nice to meet you. He's the hardest working producer in Philadelphia between four oh two and five o'clock. And so Joe, we're now international. Do you realize that? This is yeah, incredible. people from Brazil listening to your show. <laughs> yeah, so that's so, great. So, but for you, if they and so if they want to check in on Instagram or look up sermons or, or whatever. Yes, yes. Or books you want, for instance, Instagram. You look for Augustus Nicodemus Lopez. There is just me there. My name is so uh, different <laughs> different that there is no way you can miss it. You do the same thing in tw- at Twitter, Augustus Nicodemus Lopez, and you can find find me there too. Also on Facebook, the same name, Augustus Nicodemus Lopez. And I have a channel uh, in YouTube where you can find, if you can understand Portuguese, there are hundreds and hundreds of sermons at, in my channel, which also has my name, Augustus Nicodemus Lopez. Uh, this is a wonderful way of reaching people, Tim. Yeah. Uh, and, and to clarify, Lopez is spelled with an S. S, S, so not Z. So Z is Spanish. <laughs> yeah. You're from Brazil, uh, Portuguese. Lopes. So. Uh, you know, people, uh, uh, Lopes. Uh, Lopes. Uh, this yes. is how they pronounce the it. The Phillies had a base coach named Davy Lopes. Lopes. L O P E S. He played for the Dodgers, and he was a well known ball player and Good. beloved in this market. So, Augustus. 
Augustus. So it's like the like the month August with U.S. Yes, US. Augustus, Nicodemus in the middle, and Lopez. And Lopez, yes. L-O-P-E-S. Okay. You know, I've been thinking about this uh, social media phenomena, something that has started uh, in the last 20 years. Uh, I was talking once uh, to a, 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 a pastor. His name is Emilio Nunez. He's a pastor from uh, Costa Rica. And he was telling me about uh, how, I mean, there is this growing interest on the, the uh, Reformed faith, on the biblical faith in uh, Latin America, which is the same thing in Brazil. I've seen this. Uh, it's a kind of revival of people looking for expository preaching. They want to know more about the Bible. And uh, I, I was wondering what was causing all that. And then Emilio Nunes told me, you know, I think that the uh, the social media is to this uh, revival today, uh, the same thing as the printing press was for the Reformation in the 16th century. Were it not for uh, uh, Gutenberg uh, uh, and the press that he discovered, Luther's uh, thesis would stay nailed to that uh, door at Wittenberg yeah. and never got out of there. But Luther, what did he do? He just, you know, used, he used the printing press and he printed his uh, uh, booklets, his ideas, and he spread them all over Europe. And this is, you know, this is was was the kind of thing that God used to 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 fill up. I mean, to 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 put in fire the the whole Europe, and from there the gospel came to the United States. And so I think there is something similar going on here. You know, through social media, people who had never uh, listened to biblical studies or had had uh, the opportunity to, to listen to good expository, solid preaching, sound doctrine. They are doing that now. And they, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people that come to me and say, look, I've been listening to your sermons. I've, I've been reading what you publish on Facebook, Instagram, and this has been used of God to touch me and to bless my family. People that I never heard before, I mean, I never, I never met before, and from all over Brazil, it, even outside Brazil, where whatever Portuguese is spoken, so it's it's a wonderful tool if used uh, rightly. It can be a great blessing for the the kingdom of God team. Well, and you have you have uh, thousands of followers and, and yes. you know, all that stuff. How do you keep yourself from, uh, you know, looking at that and start to stare at wow? Look at yeah, <laughs> and, and you know how David counted the fighting men in the Old Testament. Like God's like, and there was a plague that came over. You know, he got punished. Yeah, where's your right. heart? You know. Yes, you know it's very tempting. It's very tempting. Pride is always haunting us, and uh, we should keep an eye for for pride uh, because it's so insidious and so subtle, and uh, you don't see it coming. And when it comes, it hits you. And <laughs> yes. yes. So I, I, I know the numbers. They're large numbers. If you follow me on the social media, if you go after my name and you see the large numbers. But God has his own ways of, keep me, of keeping me, you know, where I, uh, where I have to be. <laughs> we need to take a short you know break. To push. We're going to take one final break. We'll come back and wrap up with Augustus Lopez, my brother-in-law and from Brazil. And uh, just we'll, we'll be back in just a couple minutes here. AM 560 WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 456 AM 560 WFIL. Augustus Lopez, uh, our guest this hour on The Tim DeMoss Show. He's my brother-in-law. 
connected with many different responsibilities in the church in Brazil. And uh, if you want to look him up online, it's Augustus Nicodemus Lopez with an S in terms of social media, YouTube, and that kind of thing, Instagram. At this stage of your life, you've been pastor for many years. I want to give you the last minute or two here. Yes. Where your heart's at. Yes, Tim. Uh, I would say that what I have learned during all these years of ministry is that uh, what I have to do is preach the Word of God. Um, I've been invited to preach in many churches that are not Presbyterian churches, like Pentecostal churches, Neo-Pentecostal churches, Baptist churches. And uh, why is that? It's because I've been trying to expound the, the Bible as I preach. I do expository preaching. And so even though people belong to another denomination, if they are true Christians, they are attracted to uh, preaching, which is biblical, uh, has content. And uh, when the pastor tries to explain what God is saying, nobody's interested in what I have to say, but they are interested in what God says in the Bible. So if I can... Uh, transmit that, if I can clarify, explain, and teach people what God is saying in the Bible, this is a great blessing to them. So understanding this in the many years of ministry has led me to focus on that. This is what I like to do. This is what, what mainly I've been trained to do. And this is what I see is most effective in my ministry, preaching the Word of God as it is. So people listen, people learn, and they grow. People get converted. They get sanctified. They, they, they are upbuilt in their faith. They're full of hope and joy. Only the Word of God can do that. Mm. Uh, not... I, it's good. Sometimes I can tell my, I can tell things about me, uh, tell jokes or things like this. But in the end, it is the word of God. Amen, amen. Augustus Lopez, Augustus Nicodemus Lopez, our guest this hour. Thank you for taking time to come here. Be yes, here. it's my privilege. Thank you for inviting me. And, and folks can find <laughs> absolutely. Folks can find uh, our podcast at wfil dot com as well uh, after the show, probably the next hour or two. God bless you. Have a great rest of the night. Jim Maxim, Max 413 Ministries, next in WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.